Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. What is up? You are now listening to the, the Highs and Lows, Lows Podcast here on 99.3 FM. How is everybody doing today? We're doing good, doing good. You know, got my routine going in, and uh, I'm just happy to be here again. Yeah, so before we get started, my name is Joseph Garcia. I'm usually, you know, the one behind the camera, but I, I'm already filling in. I was like filling in. Um, but yes, I'm Joseph Garcia, and we also have Francisco Pedrosa and Ross Fonts. Yeah, so we got a, a brand new crew this season. We also have Rayma Vega. She wasn't able to make it today, but we'll see her next week. Get better, Ray. Get better, Ray. Feel better, please. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, how was everybody's weekend? How was everybody's week? Uh, week, uh, it's good so far. You know, just been chilling. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, classes haven't started for me. Just taking up, indulging my time at home. You know, playing video games. You know, doing my my daily routines. And how about you guys? Yeah. Um. Did Did you watch the Super Bowl? To be honest, I, I don't do that. Oh, that's okay. Because <laughs> it, it divides a lot of people and, you know, a lot of, you know, back talking and putting down other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really about that. So that's okay. why I do watch UFC and boxing, mm -hmm. though, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, Ross, how was your week? How was your weekend? Oh, it was cool, man. I, I uh, sat down and watched a little bit of the Super Bowl. And um, I'm a Raiders fan, so it was hard to see Kansas. Mm. It was hard In to see. In your stadium. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You know, with the Raider field painted with Kansas City and Bay Area mm. logos. So, but it was cool. It was it was pretty competitive game. But um, I think I'm more so in the midst of this being February, Black History Month. Mm -hmm. We were in the middle of, well, not really quite the middle of the semester, but we're well into the semester, and it's our first podcast. So I think it's what week seven. It's, so yeah so we're 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 up and going and rolling so uh <laughs> we got students to see mm -hmm. uh ed plans to do <laughs> lives to mold and motivate so oh, yes. we've been pretty busy so it's been a good uh 2024 popping off for us and um it's just been a good start to the year Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a pretty good start, and also you know it's almost Valentine's Day. You know, Ooh. shout out to the to the ones who have someone. You yes. know, <laughs> I don't know where I'll be. I'll probably be you know just at work. You know, that is a weekday, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. So we have our first question um, mm -hmm. of the day today. Uh, uh, the question is: If you could talk to your college freshman yourself and give them advice, what would you say? For me, I'll go first. Yes, go um, for me, a piece of advice, um, like I know, it's it's often said, you know, it's okay, it's okay to change majors. You know, um, I just wish for me that I really knew what I wanted to do like sooner than I did. That way, I could get it done quicker and then also transfer quicker. Because the quicker you find out what you want to do, the quicker you you can actually get to doing it. You know. Um, cause I originally thought I wanted to go into psychology. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I found my passion more so in film and then eventually in sociology. Um, so that's kind of like the, the path that I went to. Um, so that's probably like the piece of advice I give, um, my freshman year of college self. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what advice you guys would give. Uh, who, who wants to go first for a second? Yes. Uh, I was writing something down cause that's a really good, uh, question that was brought in. A uh, piece of advice, uh, you already know, I would always tell them to breathe, stretch, you know, meditate every morning before you start doing anything uh, throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And then also, 
another piece of advice is maybe talking to someone at school about like having like a life path class like kind of like how you mentioned like to sit with you and like figure out what are your strengths like what do, what do you love to do your values like things like that right yeah or things you want to see from school mm-hmm. that can then you know again motivate them to finish you know start to finish right so that's a really good question whoever's <laughs> yeah and and i think that's something you really excel in kind of like leadership wise mm-hmm. I, I feel like i can see you leading something like that personally thank you what about you ross well i, I could kind of piggyback on what cisco was saying i think uh you know breathing and meditating is always good you know it has a certain it has its place um in relation to knowing what you want to do i think the our personal our pg courses are built for that for mm-hmm. students to explore majors explore careers mm-hmm. um but then one one tidbit of advice i would give to a first year student is to just know it's going to be okay you know you're not going to jump into your career over the weekend you you won't <laughs> have your degree in 2 weeks it's it's levels to it it's a process mm-hmm. and sometimes you know what you want to do and you go ahead and do it and sometimes you're here and you don't know what you want to do right. And I, I always felt like community college is the best place to be if you're unsure, mm-hmm. you know, because you're still at that discovery stage. A lot of our students, you know, they come in and it quietly as it's kept because we have to do ed plans and we have to have a major assigned to the ed plan. Students are still undecided. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of the biggest majors here. And, and that's the beauty of the community colleges so that you could come here and figure that out. Take a personal development class take a business class, take political science, see what your interests are. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we don't even know what our interests are. Mm -hmm. Like Muhammad Ali said, the person, well, it's a paraphrase, it's not exactly, but the person at 19 is going to be different than the person at 25. And so will the student. Mm -hmm. Because when you're 18 and you're just breaking out of the gate, of jumping the gate from high school, you know, high school is very different than community college. Mm -hmm. So you get here, you know, you have a sense of independence, right? And sometimes you can use that to your advantage. Sometimes use it to your disadvantage, mm-hmm. right? And I've been at both ends of that as a student myself when I was at Ventura. So uh, I would just say, you know, know it's going to be okay. Uh, don't be too hard on yourself. Align yourself with people who's going to elevate you and bring you through. I think that's important. So I guess that would be my tip. Yeah, and I fully agree with you, what, what you said because luckily, at least in my situation, I wasn't paying out of pocket for my classes. Mm-hmm. So I, like you said, I could afford to, you know, not be sure of what I wanted to do in the beginning mm-hmm. um, versus like if I was already at a university and I was paying for these classes and I'm like, oh, wait, I actually don't want to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, what if you don't mind me asking, Ross, what did you start off with? Um in your education journey like what degree and did you stick with that or did you go on like on a more of a winding path yeah my my path was winding it had it had um pitfalls that i thought were potholes but you know in retrospect you look back and you like you know it was was good that you went through those experiences um Mm -hmm. my my father didn't finish high school and so his idea of going to college was a monetary thing, like what type of money are you going to make? What type of career are you going to have? So mm-hmm. 
I kind of took that pressure on myself. He didn't really say that to me, but that's what I felt. So I started off as a business major, mm-hmm. and I took accounting and took some other classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense to our next guest, but I didn't like him. Mm. <laughs> and I got bad grades. And so I started to question, like, wow, man, is college really for me? You know, am I am I good enough to be a student? I, I've just felt like when you don't have those successes, you start to think, okay, am I college level? Do I have the qualities to make it? And so I took a, I actually took a reading class at Ventura College. And um, that kind of just slowed me down. Because I think sometimes we just, we want to do things so quick and you see what other people are doing and you feel like you got to be on pace and par with them instead of running your own race. Mm -hmm. Right. And so once I started running my own race, started taking my own pace at things, I was moving, I was progressing and not looking, kept my blinders on and just kind of did me, as you say. And then I I came across history and I kind of liked history. And um, I always been a, a pretty decent writer when I put myself to it, when I wasn't being, you know, lazy and shaking away from responsibilities. I was a pretty decent writer. And, and that's because my dad was a rapacious reader. He didn't finish high school, but he always was reading. And then I would say, hey, Dad, what's that? And then he would make me read it. So after a while, I either would read it myself or I wouldn't ask him, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that kind of played into my favor down the line, and I really enjoyed history, and I transferred to UCSB as a history major. And then I ended up doubling in uh, sociology and history. It was a nice. double major and a minor in black studies. So, Yeah, no, that's good, man. Um, it sounds like you did go on a little bit of a winding road, but that's okay. I feel like it's kind of like you can be an example for other students. Like, hey, it's okay mm-hmm. to not know what you want to do in the beginning. Yeah, but just be here and be present. Yeah. And, and, be, and be willing to you know own own what you have to own and, and improve upon and surround yourself with people who are going to support you mm-hmm. and I, I think that's how eops plays into it because we know like i don't i don't really my mother went to, to college and she had her degree but she didn't finish college until i was almost out of high school mm-hmm. so i consider myself more of a hybrid first generation student and when when students don't have that experience coming from the house Mm-hmm. You know, s- school can be pretty challenging. And a lot of times we hear that term first generation. We hear it and we use it so tongue in cheekly and so loosely, but we don't really, really understand the weight that it has for a student that's here trying to find their way. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. if, if it doesn't feel right, you'll find your way out of here real quick. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So what about you, uh, Francisco? Was your path winding? Uh, I know you're still on your journey, but Mm -hmm. getting to what you want to study in paralegal studies, Mm -hmm. did you know right away or maybe even before college, Mm -hmm. were you thinking of uh, a different career path? To be honest, I was um, I was thinking of doing automotive. Mm -hmm. Well, my mindset was like, what can I do to get me money the quickest? Right. So I thought about uh, automotive, you Mm -hmm. know, just because it's a it's a skill, right, that you can take home. Uh, and then I thought about doing the food hospitality, like the food, oh. you know, uh, degree. Yeah. Just because I love, you know, eating food. I binge <laughs> watch on food, uh, Master Chef, all that, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, somehow I just came across like some uh, business and, and legal stuff that just opened my eyes to different things, right? Of like how to operate. 
and all these like cool things about law and like legal stuff so yeah i i came with uh you know to auction college for the paralegal law service you know classes and yeah the, you know it's good so far you know i'm learning one thing was learning how to write so that's something i'm still working on even as a student here this is my second year uh second year being a student so yeah i'm just happy to be here you know learn <laughs> yeah so speaking of food uh okay. we have a wellness workshop and power hour Ooh. being helped you know led by you and the peer facilitators mm -hmm. it is february 21st um at the oc performing arts building conference center mm -hmm. and it'll run from 12 to 2 30 so mm -hmm. if you like breathing you know if you like wellness and then if you want food afterwards healthy food good food what, what food are we having uh, we're having fruta fruits Frutas. And uh, a specific request for burro bananas and coconut water, like actual coconut water. Burro, burro bananas? Yeah, What's in other it? words, it's like Mexican banana. It's just uh -huh. like a thicker one, but it, it has like a health quality. It has a lot of iron for your blood. Oh, and more so than the dull banana? Yeah, the regular banana has a, like potassium, a lot of potassium and mm -hmm. sugars, right? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're hybridized bananas, right? And the burro bananas are more like organic, you know, uh -huh. not messed with you know in the lab basically you can grow them in your backyard <laughs> yes <laughs> and they're delicious all right so that's gonna do it for our first half of or first quarter i would say of the the episode and then our next half will be all about mr tim fontanet so we'll be right back after this break and we are back with the eyes and those podcasts and we're pleased to introduce Professor Tim Fontanet, the co-chair of business accounting of the business accounting department at Oxnard College. How are you doing today, Tim? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yes, yes. Very excited to be here. Yes. So uh, to kind of get started, um, what kind of like led you here? Um, you can take it as far back as you want. Um, you know, a lot of the times uh, our guests kind of take it as far back as you know how they started in their journey throughout their youth. And how they, you know, ended up, you know, where they are today. Where, where, we're, where we're sitting at right now. Um, I, listen, I, I never thought about being a college professor. I never pursued being a college professor. I never <laughs> imagined being a college professor. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Mm. So, uh, you know, coming out of college, <clears throat> I graduated from UC Santa Barbara and, you know, went into a business world and, like, most cats out of college, I was getting ready to rule the world and let everybody know I was I was here and present and ready to go. And you know, I got married, you know, had kids, and was looking at the uh, you know the 1.5 million dollar house up on the hill. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I'd been in management and consulting and sales, and I'd done a whole lot of things. I got my MBA, and the recession of '08 hit, mm -hmm. and you know, I was sitting out of a corporate job like so many millions of other people, and um, and I and I humbly tell the story that mm -hmm. that you know it it had been it had been eight nine months uh, living off savings and you know our firstborn at home and mm -hmm. my wife worked at a hospital so she you know we we had role reversal I was you know dad at home and mm -hmm. and she was the money maker and. It's uh, it's I feel blessed to have that partnership to where we understood, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, neither person goes unscarred. It, it, it's a role reversal, right? You right. can't change a million years of evolution. And as a man, I wanted to provide for my family, so mm -hmm. I actually started working at Trader Joe's for a while back nice. in grocery, 
because that was the only thing, mm-hmm. only, only thing available. Um, and then my wife's like, why don't you start teaching? And I was like, where? She's like, high school. <laughs> She's like, high school. I was mm-hmm. like, I'll be in jail by Christmas. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not teaching high schoolers, man. There's mm-hmm. no way. I don't have the temperament for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so long story long, I, I put in applications to community colleges. I, I graduated from College of the Canyons and attended College of the Canyons. Mm-hmm. And I went back and uh, you know put on my sales hat, salesman hat again, and I did some networking of people I knew back at the college and mm-hmm. was fortunate enough to uh, make it into the pool, be offered a position uh, or offered a class, I should say, in the next semester. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, it's better to be lucky than good. I just yeah. fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm good at it. And, and I think the great thing, particularly in business, is because of my years in corporate and in consulting and as an entrepreneur, I just had a whole lot of stories and experience to share with mm-hmm. the students. And then, you know, over the years, they're like, You'll be an adjunct for years. I was like, like anything, I was like, nah, man, I'll, I'm going to give me a full-time position in like three, four years. Mm-hmm. Eight years later, <laughs> you know, a full-time position comes up mm-hmm. at Oxnard College. And, um, yeah, I had, I had actually applied at Moore Park for a full-time position pre- um, previous year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't get it. I was bummed because I was an adjunct at Moore Park. I actually really liked it very much like College of the Canyons. And I was like, that's where I should be. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> and then when I got the interview here, I didn't know as much about Oxnard College as I did Moore Park. Mm-hmm. And so started doing all my research and I was like, oh, like this is home. Right. Meaning like I grew up in San Fernando Valley in the um, northeast in uh, a city called Pacoima. Mm-hmm. Right. And then looking at the demographics of Oxnard and I was like, these are the demographics of Pacoima. Mm-hmm. This is where I went to elementary school. This is where I went to high school. Mm-hmm. This is where my house was. And so um, I actually made a little side note to the hiring committee and, and said, here's the demographics of Pacoima, here's the demographics of Oxnard. I am home. You give me this job, I know exactly what I'm doing and who, and who I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's who I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just been like the blessing ever since. So I always let people know how fortunate I, I am and how lucky I am. And I appreciate when people are like, oh, we're, ha- we're happy you're here. You're like, I'm happy to be here. So, um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's where we are today. No, yeah, I know you said it's better to be lucky than good, but I feel like we're lucky to have you. I appreciate it. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. how did you, when you mentioned uh, your wife telling you, mm-hmm. Oh, you should get into teaching. Was that just like out of nowhere, or did you talk about it with her uh, beforehand? Have you mentioned it to her before? Like, how did how did she get to that? No, good question. It was it was um, it was it was strategic in the sense that, like I said, I'm working part time at Trader Joe's, um, trying to you know f- f- you know figure out how to get into a professional scenario again, mm-hmm. uh, trying to knock down you know doors in corporate still, mm-hmm. and and she was just like, hey, this this is another. It's a great situation where you could work part time, make good money for that part time that you part time that you're working, mm-hmm. and um, and still have time to be home with you know our son who yeah. was just born, yeah. and um, you know resilience. We're we're still planning the second, right? It doesn't matter, like mm-hmm. little or no money, or less money. It's like you know our family. You know we're always like people have done more with less, and mm-hmm. so she she thought it was a, a good a good fit 
like a, a good temporary fit for the time like work part-time teaching and then you could walk away if you want or you can keep it part-time if you do something else um but yeah i was like it's, i'm not gonna teach high school though like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna teach high school. so yeah and it, it, it's so yeah and and um and, and the rest is history man yeah you know wow so, that's <clears throat> eight years adjunct <sighs> man it was it's a grind huh? man, they <laughs> i was i was I was fairly warned. I do have to say, everyone I talk to, they're like, "It's it, you're, you're going to be the traveling adjunct." That's like a term they talk to with adjuncts. And so, at one point, I was teaching three classes at College of the Canyons. I had one class at Moore Park, and then I had gotten on at a university that was located in in Irvine. Mm -hmm. So, so twice a week, I was I was finishing my classes at College of the Canyons and trekking down to Irvine. Mm -hmm. And, wow. and teaching a class there. And then my other class at Moore Park was on Monday, Wednesdays. So that was a problem. And wow. then, and then, you know, I'd get home at like, I don't know, 10.30, you know, 11 o'clock at night. Wow. And you just do what you have to do, right? You just mm -hmm. do what you have to do, yeah. man. And, and I, I, if I went back, people were like, what would you change? I'm like, nothing, because I'm here. Like, I'm where I want to <laughs> be. I'm where I'm where I feel I have to be, and I, and and that's that's all that led me here, you know that all that whole road led me here. So if I if I could, can I go back? Cause cause I was here when I was listening to you guys' this question earlier, yeah. and I was like sitting there chomping at the bits, like <laughs> wanting wanting to get in, but I know I was I was muted at the time, and mm -hmm. and I always love this notion that at eighteen, nineteen, getting it first years of college, what am I gonna do with the rest of my life, man? I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like that's ever evolving and ever changing. I mm -hmm. think it's very unfair. I even tell my students, it's very unfair. If you don't know, I was. What do you like right now? Mm -hmm. What do you like right now? Yeah. Is is the question to most students, you know? And and I love how we're getting more into the realm of really examining what who people are and what they like, rather than you know what a good job is. You know, <laughs> oh, no. I tell my students all the time, like, man, if I could try to give you wisdom, like what I try to do is 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 give wisdom. Mm -hmm. and information because I want my students to learn how to make a life. I never want to teach them how to make a living. Mm. Right. Write that down, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. right. Like making a living is I have this job, it pays good, I don't really like mm -hmm. it, you know, but mm -hmm. it, it, my, my uncle was an accountant, so I'm going to be an accountant too. Yeah. You know, nothing okay. against accountants. It, they, it, they do great. Mm -hmm. um, but, and the last point I want to make on that is, is to understand that that road is windy <laughs> no matter what you do no matter who you are that road mm -hmm. that road is supposed to be windy like that's it if it's straight something wrong. if it's straight something, <laughs> yeah. something's really wrong <laughs> right? be heading off the cliff <laughs> <laughs> right if, it, you know if it's easy, if it seems easy to you, you must be avoiding adversity because you know the challenges are what build you and mm -hmm. and and there's a there's a visual hustle i always like to talk about and it's like the, the the starting point <clears throat> you know and then there's a straight line to the finish and it's like you know what we envision and then right below it is the starting point and a bunch of wavy lines some ups and downs and then it finally you know gets to the finish and then above that it says reality mm -hmm. right and, and so then, and then you do it again and then you do it again <laughs> and you then do you do it again <laughs> so i love when people are like man this is hard I'm like do you want to do it then it's worth it but don't expect it ever to be a straight line. So I was chomping at the bits on that, man. I just wanted to put it in two cents. <laughs> no, that's all good. So. Yes, uh, I did have a – I put down a note right here. Um, it says you worked in mortgage broker and consultant. Mm -hmm. So 
the mortgage part that's a i would like to know a little bit more about that about my, my that previous life <laughs> man yeah i started in mortgages um right before the the the, the big boom in oh one mm-hmm. and um and i you know i got my license and i started at a is right when the, the craziness was beginning and we called it shooting fish in a barrel right so mm-hmm. i so i got my i started working just as an account manager just just um managing files and making sure all the paperwork was there mm-hmm. while i was studying to get my my agent's license mm-hmm. and that took about a few months and then once i got my license they put me in as a as a as a, a mortgage agent as more mortgage broker and mm-hmm. <coughs> i started off at a firm that did radio ads uh, mm-hmm. coincidentally coincidentally yeah did radio <laughs> ads and then we were just sitting by the phone waiting for the people to call after the ads went out right and that's mm-hmm. how that's what shooting fish in the barrel was like right Cause, oh, yeah. cause the phone just the phone was ringing and the phone they, they would come to you right <coughs> mm-hmm. and it was um younger cats might not remember we also probably remember those times when the rates dropped and we were looking at at the time historic lows at at you know six percent right and people mm-hmm. were coming from a nine percent I'm putting them in the six percents and sometimes five and a halfs and saving them hundreds of dollars every month. Mm-hmm. And we had this, you know, what the company was like, no fees, hundred. And so that's where it started, right? Mm-hmm. And you should always start in a place like that. Learned a lot. Uh, looking back, didn't love the environment, didn't love the culture, but mm-hmm. you know, it was a good start. And I knew I wanted to go independent from that. So I found an independent broker, nice. meaning it wasn't anyone shooting or putting out radio ads. I had to go out and find my own clients. Okay. Uh, made a few partnerships with, with realtors. Obviously, that was your best friend if you were a mortgage, mortgage uh, lender. Mm-hmm. And um, and then a few years after that, I was like, I want to play both sides of the house. And uh, I don't think it's illegal, right? I could say this anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> right? The, the statute mm-hmm. of limitations probably passed. That was a long time ago. We'll, we'll find out <laughs> we'll today. Find, we'll find out today. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> so is my picture anywhere? I can wear a hoodie or something. Mm-hmm. No, so um, so I started working at for a wholesaler, meaning mm-hmm. I was working for a lender, mm-hmm. going to brokers, selling my products. Mm-hmm. And I was also, um, you know, uh, I also had clients that I was doing mortgages for. Mm-hmm. But I never had the ability nor did i ever use the lender i was working for so okay, i was yeah. working in wholesale and mm-hmm. i was working in retail at the same time um and then yeah like like again like most of the thing around 07 08 is like mm-hmm. the whole the whole the whole thing crashed yeah um but i i do have to say i like actually got out of it right before then mm-hmm. um, oh, that's good because you, you see writing on the wall it you know it was good but it still led to the same thing but i was just happy that I had a couple more years. I was working as a um, as a sales agent with um, with AT and T for a couple of years before mm-hmm. that whole thing crashed. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's still. So yeah, I have students all the time. Like, I want to be a you know a realtor. Like, it's 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 still one of the best independent gigs around. Like, you just mm-hmm. it's a hustle though. Be ready for the hustle. Do you? Yeah. So, so Tim, I have a question. Yep. So just list, listening to your experience, you know, every once in a while, I'll, something that pop up in the news about how a person of color house was devalued because mm-hmm. they had oh, yeah. pictures of people of color in their homes or, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. I think it was one case that was real big in the Bay Area yeah. where the African-American family had their house appraised at maybe like something crazy like $300,000 mm-hmm. less. Yes. 
Yeah. You know, so ha- had you seen that or experienced that in your experience? Uh, had you seen anything like that? Or, and, and where does how does how does that happen when everything is supposed to be formulated? I mean, of course, you know, we, we all know the bias is already yeah. here, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, then I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Last question first. And, you know, how how does that happen is always a great question. Right. When mm-hmm. there's so many rules and mm-hmm. and and regulations to to prevent that. And then I guess the question a lot of times is, you know, are those rules there to prevent that? You know, that, tell my students about the golden rule and he with the gold makes the rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right, and so right. you know, you, when we find inequalities like that, it's it's usually the the answer is follow the money, and you you'll find out how how things like that are, are happening. Mm-hmm. I never experienced that, I I, I have to say, uh, but again, it it you won't find very many independent contractors, whether it be realtors or mortgage people, who have experienced that because if you think about it. You know, the amount of, of mortgages I did was m- just a, a spit in one office, right? Mm-hmm. I can I can do, uh, say, I, say I do, you know, um, you know th- 30 mortgages in a year, which is a really good year. Mm-hmm. Those 30 mortgages, I'll probably never see anything like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out of the millions of transactions that are going on around us. But I remember that story, and I remember hearing that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, man, like... Another thing I love telling my students is the error is, is typically human, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we go back, and you, you, your, your point is right. The rules and regulations are set up for that stuff not to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, 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 the example I always give is, <clears throat> if you ever, ever played Monopoly, right? The board yes. game that goes on forever, right? And uh, you're playing, and like 45 minutes in, no one sees an end. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right? And so you're like, so it's always one person like, man, they don't say it, but they're like, I'm so tired of this. I, I can't play anymore. I'm selling my stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm either selling my stuff or I'm going to start cheating. Uh-huh. Right? I'm going to start messing this up for everybody else. Right? <laughs> until until everyone else is like, man, I'm tired of you cheating. Like, stop. This is not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I say, like, look, all those rules and regulations, I think, are set up. Um, but this isn't utopia. Nothing mm-hmm. is. Right? And mm-hmm. so... If if we all follow the rules and those rules were perfect and and then none of this we, we we wouldn't be talking about this stuff but mm-hmm. but the error I always tell my students the error is human mm-hmm. right and so the appraiser that appraised those homes and walking around taking the pictures of mm-hmm. of that uh, of the black family's home and saw the the pictures mm-hmm. so, something in that person mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know yeah. something set off that person to mm-hmm. be like. To, to see, like, this house isn't as valuable as, you know. The, yeah, the, the house down the block. The house, the, yeah. house, the, the exact same model yeah. <laughs> on the same street. Because if you guys aren't familiar, like, they do well, they do comps, what they call comps, right? Whatever comps. house, if I'm doing a four-bedroom house, I have, like, a three-mile radius. It doesn't even have to be in the neighborhood. A three-mile radius of what a, a comparable home, same bedrooms, similar square footage, similar yard. Mm-hmm. As long as it's similar, that's how we... That's how we get value. That's oh, how we kind of okay. pick out the value. Mm-hmm. But you could look at the same model down the street of a white person's home. That adjuster and and, and that uh, you know that person, that person. The error is human, man. The error is usually human, you wow. know. And it's you know we can get into all kind of spirals systemically, and mm-hmm. and and that's that's a a big fear of understanding and knowing how 
you know, even white supremacy has infiltrated mm-hmm. government mm-hmm. And, pol- and, and, and police stations and, oh, yeah. you know, but, you know, I love, well, we're the police and we have a certain honor code. I'm like, those three fools over there don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're still wearing your badge. They so must have forgot it during training. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody was, screened them? Like, it, nobody? They were sick that day. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody saw, nobody saw it in these guys. So that's, that's what I, what I think. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't think anything by any means is perfect. Mm-hmm. Right, right. By any stretch of the imagination is perfect. You know, but, air is usually human man yeah so you kind of spoke to the hustle earlier Mm -hmm. um and how you were like deep in that yeah how was that for you um just like the in terms like the day-to-day because i know it can be like a grind you know just having to like you know hustle every day Mm -hmm. um because nothing's ever guaranteed yeah listen when you I, i tell my students who are entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs or looking to be independent contractors i'm like there's there's two things there are two things in this world that are going to happen to you where you realize uh, how hard you work or how hard you could work. Number one is if you have your own business mm-hmm. or, or you're an independent contractor. There's some type of, I, don't, I couldn't identify scientifically or chemically in the body that keeps you going. It's your baby. It's your thing. Yeah. It's, it's something yeah. about it, right? It's just yeah. something about it, right? And then the other one is, is, uh, is having kids, right? When mm-hmm. There's, you know, and so... Uh, yeah, it, it it was a great hustle. I used to remember just wanting to work all the time and making sure it's right and knowing the numbers game. Like I got to call a hundred people today so I can hopefully talk to four. And right? you love that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't love that. You didn't love that. I did. Th- listen, there's aspects of it you're not gonna love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But there's aspects of it you have to understand. You have to do. You know, and and I'm not gonna lie, I didn't make hundred calls every day. I hated that. But there were days you just have to like mm-hmm. grin and bear it. Right. And yeah. so the things you're not going to like, I would say a majority of it you're going to like. And I talk about right, kids like like, you know, uh, it, I remember the first few years it, it, and, and Ross, you, you have kids. So you can attest to this like when they're born and you're taking care of me like, damn, I thought I was working hard, man. Like mm-hmm. these these cats, you never want to stop. Right. You just want to try to give them the world. And so you just keep going. So. What another thing I love about um, what I'm doing today, and and why I know I'm riding this off into the sunset, is I don't I, I don't have that hustle in me anymore. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I'm not at the point to have that hustle. So if you're going to do it, I always tell people, man, do it young. Mm-hmm. When you got the legs, right? When you got the legs, and you have the the um, the opportunity to really make mistakes and learn from them, yeah. right? When there's not as much at stake. You know, I have some friends who are who who have kids and younger kids, and I'm not saying you shouldn't hustle or can't hustle, but I would hope you would put a timeline on it, maybe, or if you have a company or business that is already established. But that's mm-hmm. that's like the old-fashioned me talking about that. I just mm-hmm. feel if you have kids, man, there's a that's the that's the responsibility, you know. So yeah, things change. We things change. Kids. Things, things change. change. And you just talked about that earlier, right? Like. Like what Muhammad Ali said, you're mm-hmm. a different student at 19 than you are at 25, right? Mm-hmm. So you you ask you ask younger me right now, you know what what they're gonna do, and they'll they'll be like, I'm, shoot, I, I got nowhere to be, I have no no other responsibility but myself, and so mm-hmm. I love that hustle. I loved it. It was just it's very liberating, right, and um, and very uh, energizing. But you, you ask. 
you ask, you know, today me. Yeah. Like, man, that's for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the, that's for the young bucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Like I'm here to help my young bucks do their hustle and give them knowledge and wisdom and and try to be successful. I do mean try. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. So, so Mr. Pers- go ahead. Mr. Professor Tim. Yes. Let's tap into your infinite knowledge. <laughs> You know, a, a lot of times, you know, it's been being it, that it's Black History mm-hmm. Month, and um, we just kind of taking that time to take a pause and reflect. And in your in your opinion, mm-hmm. because we've had so many challenges economically, mm-hmm. you know, and, and off off the um, off mic, we're talking about Tulsa and, and Rosewood yeah. and things of that nature, where there have been certain massacres and economically a loss of life, mm-hmm. loss of opportunity, mm-hmm. just the most debilitating losses that you can think about. And, and yet we're told to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and be, mm-hmm. you know, be responsible and all the other things that, right. that are said. Well, somebody what, else is stealing your bootstraps. Yeah, well, they stole your boots and they tell you to lace them up. <laughs> Why they wearing them? But anyway, yeah. uh, it, you know, how do you see that playing out in 2024, and what the impact is for when when you think about, you know, a Rosewood, a Tulsa, mm-hmm. you know, even even certain things of uh, gentrification that goes on in the communities, where, you know, people's lives and opportunities are pretty much taken right from under them. Mm-hmm. I I feel I feel blessed to be alive w- where we are today because I truly feel like I'm witnessing a very big jump in what we call progress when mm-hmm. it comes to all that right mm-hmm. and I'm I feel blessed to be able to witness it and and not just witness it cuz people can witness it and not identify it mm-hmm. right they can mm-hmm. see what was going on and not identify it so I'm I feel blessed to to, to be able to be witnessing it and to be able to identify you know how things are are changing and, th- and this is the thing we're we're talking stuff is generational and mm-hmm. and Tulsa's not it's not we're not talking about the Roman Empire we're talking you know <laughs> Damn, you uh, can uh, blink blink your eyes and right. you're back there and you're back yeah. there we're, yeah. you you you're you're one generation from someone who's still alive who's heard that story you you mm-hmm. could talk to to a to a child of someone who who lived through that experience? Mm-hmm. So I always tell people about that. Like we talk about it, like it's well, it's so long ago, and what does that have to do with today? That that's we're, we're a generation away from that happening. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, those implications are, are are massive. And I think what people don't do it enough credit in in looking at it, number one, in that way, but also saying, well, well that's just <clears throat> you know, that was just let's say the the population of that town who was affected but you we don't understand the effect societally right mm-hmm. look at look listen i i hate talking about what's going on now mm-hmm. right but let's be real how things are are led and shown more people will be be emboldened to follow those examples mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right 
And so they're like, oh, there's just there's just that one person doing that. And I'm like, yeah, but there's millions of people who see yeah. that and follow that, it. That one person keep doing it all. One person <laughs> keep doing it. That one person keep doing it. So we look at we look at a Tulsa situation, and we're like, oh, well, that's it's very unfortunate. It's just one town and stuff like that. But that town was also an example for millions of other people to do the same thing. And and mm -hmm. what happens from that is now we don't have that one town. Now we yeah. have it systemically across the country. Mm -hmm how that affects our neighborhoods today. Listen, I'll give you, I'll give you a personal story, right? So my parents, born and raised in Louisiana, very similar situation is my, my dad never graduated from high school. My mom barely did. Mm -hmm. My dad joined the Navy when he was 16. Joined the Navy, he couldn't swim. That's what I know is a whole different generation <laughs> yeah, of man, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? That's a whole different- There's some serious needs going dude, on right there, yeah. I, I, they always talk about like, we, we are not, men that men were back back then like we were moving 20 miles away and I, our concern was is there a trader joe's in the neighborhood mm -hmm. <laughs> my dad was moving across the country mm -hmm. not knowing anybody and so anyway so 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 he uh he was fortunate enough and hard working enough he, he started working at general motors in van nuys and um getting paid very well right because he was such a such a hard worker mm -hmm. and so at the time, my dad was made enough money to be shown a home in Calabasas. At that time, he could have bought a home in Calabasas with the money he made. He was not shown Calabasas. He was shown Pacoima. And again, like, mm. trust me, there's no, that's not a knock on, but I love where I came I love my neighborhood. I love where I came from. I but love the wealth your, your parents would have been able to generate just right. by the equity of the area would have set you for life would it would it, would it set us up very now, again same same thing is like i don't need that mm -hmm. the, the lessons and everything my parents gave me were great but if we're talking about this specific situation of generational wealth and how what's what's happened because um, mm -hmm. i tell people well, what does that have to do with today well what do you mean what it has to do with today That's right so the, the my parents sold their home in 1998 right <clears throat> And I think that home appraised one hundred and sixty, hundred seventy thousand dollars. When a like home in Calabasas was six hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars, you tell me about that half a million dollar difference mm -hmm. in my parents' life. So, yeah. you see, that yeah. happens. My you know. thing with that is how many, how many other people have that same story? That, that's exactly my. Point. I took um, at UCSB. I was a history major, and mm -hmm. I took oral traditions with. Uh, Dr. Ranford Hopkins from Moore Park. Yeah, he was right. he was working on his PhD at that time, and yeah. he was teaching oral traditions. I thought I the brother that. was hazing me because he kept making me do rewrites, <laughs> but but I think he kind of liked me. But <laughs> that's how we do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. and and so in his class, I interviewed a woman who was a retired teacher in Santa Barbara, mm -hmm. and like many of us who left the South for economic reasons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The, the the zeal for life and living reason you know yeah. being able to survive a lot of people left the south and um she moved from louisiana to oakland to work in the shipyards mm -hmm. her, her her husband was military then he got out the military then he started working for the oil field she finished college got a teaching jo teaching job in santa barbara made real real good money because her husband was in the oil field right. and when they were showed a house and this was in the 60s and they were showed areas that they could not they were told of areas they could not even think of buying even mm -hmm. though they could afford, afford it 
and and the west side of santa barbara montecito area were a couple of those areas mm-hmm. and and like you you know we're, we're grateful you know she 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 was able to 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 etch out more than existed they yeah. did pretty well yeah. and they raised a family in santa barbara and they owned their home but then she was like well ross just think if i was able to buy where i could I have to. where my yeah. money could have bought yeah and now we're looking at 1989 mm-hmm. and the money that would have accrued yeah and the home appreciation yeah the appreciation of the home yeah and Mm -hmm. so so many people have that story yeah so many people and that and that's listen like like i said though get back to i feel like i get to i'm witnessing a transition i'm witnessing a big you know they talk about movement and it's always interesting i try to tell people like we want change we want change i'm like change you know that cliche change doesn't happen overnight it's, gener- it's, it's generational, right? And so I have two older brothers. We all have college degrees. I'm the one with an advanced degree, working on another advanced degree, and it's generational, right? So I look and say, like, people are like, are things still tough? I'm like, yeah, there's still challenges. But tell me I'm not living better than my parents did at this, at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Tell me I don't have, or I, I'm not afforded certain things that my parents weren't you know at this point in their life and so now i have two i have two boys one uh, uh soon to be 17 and other be um, is 16 and 14 right now you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. Ooh, man i remember those days yeah i'm in the, i'm in i'm in the thick man i'm in the thick yeah. I, but i tell you i tell them i said man if i could get paid just for watching you guys play and do stuff man i wish i could just do that that's all i want to do it's all I want to do. Work, be calling and, and, and emailing. I'm like, later, mm-hmm. right? You have to catch me later. But mm-hmm. you know, I look and 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 see. Like, am I doing my parents proud by setting my my sons up in a better situation than I was at their age, or am I, am I setting it up for the next? And so, and, and it, man, it, it never comes in in one way, shape, or form. Like, there's there's millions of families and 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 black people like myself who were thinking the same way, looking for their kids. Ross, you probably you feel the same way about your son, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is he in a different situation? So that's just that's just one avenue of, of what I mean by, by you know, we're, it's moving and it's changing, man. But we see so many other things that just can't be stopped. We see our, our business people. We see Tyler Perry buying, you know, mm-hmm. his, his, his own production company and building mm-hmm. out in Georgia. We see so many black entrepreneurs, and I don't even like to limit it to just black. I mean, like, it, people of color, let's just put it that way, mm-hmm. you know? And so we're just witnessing stuff. We're witnessing where people are like, man, calling out the BS now <laughs> from the other side. Mm-hmm. Where people mm-hmm. really are like, okay, that's enough. That's r- really enough. And they say people, people won't really work or move for change unless there's something that hurts their soul. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we had, we had friends, man, who were like, like, oh, yeah, I think, you know, it sucks. I understand. There's some things that suck. And then, you know. <laughs> George, George, I, and, and, but it don't suck for them. Yeah, so it don't suck like, for them, right? So so you, <laughs> it don't suck for me, so, so you suck it up. So, and, and, you know, you know, you know what they're good at giving? Thoughts and prayers, <laughs> thoughts and prayers, yeah. thoughts and prayers. I know something. I know it, it's not really like that. It's not really like that. And I, and I hate to, you know, bring up an old wound, but the George Floyd situation mm-hmm. I swear I can't tell you how many, how many non-people of color, white friends that I had, who saw 
you know that video of him sitting on kneeling on his neck and his eyes and and mm. and and they 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 got it a little bit at got that a little point. Bit. They got it a little bit at that point. Well, I put it this way: they got it more than they had before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And and, and 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 the shocking part is that somebody had to die for them. Somebody to get had that to little bit. Somebody had to get right. Yeah, and it had to be on live it on had TV. Had to be live, and it yeah. had to slap yeah. him in the face, and mm-hmm. you know, and to the point where one of my wife's coworkers, white lady, asked her, "It's like, how do you guys do this?" I'm like, is that a question? How do we do <laughs> oh, this every day? We we've been telling oh, you for uh, years, right? Yeah. Shit, I have, I have a, my fourteen year old's taller than I am. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. So at 11, 12 years old, he's almost like six feet. Wow. So you don't think I, I and I, I think I live in a pretty nice neighborhood, but you don't think I, I worried about my 11 or 12 year old being mistaken for a, a man, mm-hmm. you know, and, and somebody coming after him just because, like, because they're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, I get tired of people like, yeah, but that's illegal. Like, what does that have to do with it? What does that have to do with it at all? Mm-hmm. You know, but again, man, we're witnessing it. Like we're starting to see people be like, "Yeah, we're not going to take that. We're not going to take that anymore." Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's what I say. Sometimes I say, you know, sometimes we could look at the youth in a different light, right? And right. think, you know, it's all about TikToks and likes and. Mm you know the immaterial aspect of living but uh, i really think that students are doing more than just TikToking and tapping on the technology for entertainment there is a there is a awakening that's why you always hear people you know talking the opposite about being woke now it's like a derogatory term Mm -hmm. because they're being called out on stuff right and and that's the last breath of trying to hold out right and so, yeah, things are, you know, are I, I agree with you I'm in that, that respect. Yeah, I'm, I'm that, real glad you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, that things have changed for the better, but it doesn't mean that we stop pushing for it to be Absolutely. better than better. Absolutely. As long as we're here. Yeah. Right? It's, it, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think you have something to add on to that, Francisco? <laughs> yes, that was a lot of uh, good stuff there. So one thing um, that came to mind, and this was when you were talking about the man, uh the mortgage stuff. Yep. So there is a, a a company out there called Keller Williams that I came across that mm-hmm. they'll pay for your, your education mm-hmm. to be you know to be a, a a broker. Yep. And then um, another thing was uh, knowing knowing the difference between the public sector and the private sector. So in the public, like I mentioned, right, it's two different things. In the public is where we all like are at, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know with institutions and stuff, right? And then in the private where it's owned by by people, right? And mm-hmm. people don't know much about them. You can't even search them up, right? Like, that's well, how depends. private. It depends. Yeah. yeah. And then which was, uh, you brought about Tulsa, and it made me think about the Amish. The way they operate is, like, through a faith-based organization, mm-hmm. which kind of keeps, like, the, the government, per se, right, out of their business. But the cool thing is that the Amish have their own land. They have their own – they make their own stuff. Mm-hmm. They have their own schools. The only like thing is like um, keeping account of all that, right? So doing your own accounting, and then the last thing uh, you mentioned about you just wish you were with your family and get paid for it, right? <laughs> and and luckily there is a way. There, it's called family management, and it's like uh, you kind of set it up as a business, mm-hmm. and then like uh, you just operate like that, right? Where 
um, rich people do it where they have family management and then they all have a role in their family and they get paid for doing that role. But not a lot of people know about these things because again, you have to go out and like search for these things and like read books and like, you know, that's something I love to do, right? Research, that's why. Is there a website on that? Um, I can't imagine <laughs> that information is going to be readily available yeah, for a whole yeah. lot of people. It, it, it's on it's on it's Google and like on on uh, YouTube, right? Just type in family management, like or look up family management, uh, business operating. You know, just things like little keywords like that. That's mm-hmm. how I would look I would, it up. I would have to assume they probably have an LLC or some type of business set up, mm-hmm. and where they're given, you know, there's revenues into this business, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, you you have a family member. Oh, my son is now eighteen. I'm gonna get him a job. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna do anything, right? He sits at home, mm-hmm. um, but he's getting paid eighty thousand dollars a year. So, but I'd have to imagine it's probably something like that. Yeah, that's where it gets right. into like trust fund. You know, like yeah. They call them trust fund babies, but yeah, again, right. they have a specific thing yeah. that how they operate. That's actually probably even a better situation because you can just you can tax his money right there. Mm-hmm. Right, because you're always worried about inheritance taxes and tax and other stuff. So why not put them on a payroll, pay them, get it taxed, put it away. Be the same thing. Now it's already taxed. So ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you kind of yeah, yeah you're right, getting because you can put more money in. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not getting paid eighty. He's getting paid one hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's some good inside knowledge. I, I didn't mm-hmm. know about that. Or hear about that. But to wrap things up, yes. Um, did you want to talk about or just you know wrap things up with like the highs in your life? You know, what are some of the highlights that you've experienced? Oh. Um, throughout your life, good ones, good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I speak humbly. I I can't pick one thing out. I I've, I've had a blessed life. I've had a great life, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, come from a, a, a good, strong you know family. My household was strict. <laughs> you know, <laughs> two older brothers. We ran the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to to the, the streetlights came on every night. I had a park across the street from my house. My cousins lived next door to me. Mm-hmm. My parents were the second. You know, the show Bacoima because it was a new housing complex, and my parents were the second house to be bought so we're you know ogs on that in that neighborhood and then mm-hmm. um i loved it because it was tough enough to you know toughen me up and give me some, some a little bit of street cred at the time and mm-hmm. my parents stressed education so i graduated from college and mm-hmm. um yeah i don't have a thing i just appreciate you know the 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 the, the, the journey right yeah. and, and mm-hmm. not looking at a destination um, you know, going back to get another master's degree because, again, that's part of the journey. I'm like, there's there's stuff I found that I really want to learn, that I want to apply, that I want to show my kids. And so, highs and lows. I mean, it it is no different. Anybody like getting my kids? Shh, man, mm-hmm. I is I mean, I, I I can't I can't even explain it without sounding too cliche. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's just you know the joys. And so. Um, yeah, lows. Um, every you know, every it, nothing, nothing worthwhile is without its struggles. So I've had challenges, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know how to say it. It's like yeah. you just you learn. Like, uh, my parents taught me how to that that that's all part of it, and mm-hmm. you know, and you 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 learn to get over that, and you learn to move on, and you know the the pain you feel today is going to be your strength tomorrow. You you giving us so many quotes today. <laughs> yeah, man, hey, hey, listen, right. listen. If you ever took my class, you understand. I quotes is my thing, man. Yeah. I love it because there's mm-hmm. so many good lessons. 
Um, I do I do like weekly quotes um, you know my oh, in, in Canvas in class mm-hmm. I'm dropping them all the time <laughs> and sense. I appreciate that my students yeah. you see those aha moments like oh that's a good one like, there's something for everything so yeah. Um, so yeah man it's just I enjoy the journey yeah we appreciate you appreciate you dropping appreciate the knowledge you, uh, appreciate you with the quotes um, any final remarks um, yes I did have one so uh, I'm gonna end it here well for my segment right I'm gonna end it with a br- uh, one breath. All right, so I just want you guys to inhale right now, wherever you're at. Inhale through your nose. And then exhale out your mouth. Thank you. Thank you for that, Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, tune in next week uh, at 1.30 where we have Anitra Lawson. From Anitra, the well, we, we will have Anitra Lawson uh, mm-hmm. at 1.30 and then Sansom Brew right after that. Yep. So it's going to be a jam-packed episode, yeah. mm-hmm. and two weeks from now, not two next weeks week. from now, not yeah, next week. week. We're yeah, on no a holiday. Yeah, holiday next week. <laughs> you guys so are off. Don't come to campus unless you know you just want to hang out in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> tune in uh, in two weeks from now for that. And this was the, the highs, highs and lows, lows podcast. podcast.